0: And welcome back to the Something's Brewing podcast. This is episode 10, 1010. Double digits. We've hit wow. double digits. Thank you all for joining. But we have actual talk- hockey to talk about. We, we do. Don't, we no longer have to do fantasy drafts, most hated <laughs> players, most loved players, best Bruins of all time. That was fun and a good way to kind of introduce ourselves to um, the podcast family. But The season is basically starting. We have preseason games to talk about, surprise players, uh, one surprise player in particular who has Boston fans. Yeah. There's a new mayor in town. There's a new mayor. There's a new mayor. He's here. He, just like our podcast episode, number 10, he just so happens to wear the number 10. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um Nick, uh, last time we recorded was about maybe a week ago. Right. It was immediate
1: um, post-chara retirement.
0: Immediately post-chara retirement. So what have you done in the time period between then and now?
1: Well, first I would like to address the obvious elephant in the room. <laughs> Everybody's probably thinking, damn, like this kid's voice sounds good. Like that sounds crispy <laughs> as hell. And you're right. I did finally get a new microphone. I tweeted the setup. I got Amazon has some great deals. I think everybody knows that. But I bought myself a little official microphone. I've, this is now uh, the fourth microphone I've used in the process of our show. I started with um, my gaming headset, which uh, I now feel bad for anybody who's ever been in a PlayStation party with me because I think <laughs> sounded like ass. <laughs> After that, I used uh, I used my Power Beats, which um, I thought sounded good. Until yeah, that was a I- little bit of an upgrade. Yeah, well then I I played it back. I listened to it in the car and like it sounded like I was sticking a fork in a toaster. You cannot hear understand a single <laughs> word. Like I had to get the, the volume right on the perfect level to understand anything I was saying. It kind of sounded like lish like there was a lot of shit in my mouth. <laughs> it was like all staticky. Can't be and, then I, <laughs> yeah, and then I used the uh, the snowball. It, actually the one that you that you gave to Zach, that Zach gave to me that I used. And it's uh, actually
0: funny, just a quick background on that on that microphone. My brother Andrew. Got it for me for my birthday in September. I then gifted it to Zach, who then gifted it to Nick. So it's uh, Nick now. And I'm now looking to to gift
1: it to somebody. If you need a microphone, DM me. You can have it. But I used that one, and that that's good. But um, it's omnidirectional, so like it picks up all the static and you know the background noise. There's you can hear a lot of empty space when I talk, which like listen to, I don't know, episode like four through. No, episode like three through five, and you can hear how shitty my voice sounds. That's why. So I finally said, you know what? Screw it. I'll I'll drop the $23 to buy this uh, toner microphone. And I said, you know what? I'll even give them 20 more for the robotic arm because now I feel real <laughs> professional. So now I have that. I got the little uh, the little pop guard, which uh, Sully and I thought was was uh, a, a, at first a, a spit guard so we wouldn't get your lips too close to the microphone. Yeah, we're Turns really technologically we were bro- advanced. <laughs> It turns out we were wrong so uh yeah now i got the whole setup so there's there's two of us now with the microphone we got to work on the others but um other than that um i didn't do i didn't do much this weekend my my parents went down to uh surfside south carolina so i had the house to myself and did what anybody my age would do if you have an entire house to yourself and i just slept oh. <laughs> I made pizza rolls i slept um I just walked around in my underwear. Uh, I don't even think I opened the blinds once. Um, That was about what I did. I watched the Pats get (laughs) annihilated by the Ravens. I watched Mac Jones get hurt, unfortunately. But we're not here to talk about football. We're here to talk about hockey. So let me ask you, first of all, how was your weekend?
0: My weekend, uh, it was just work. I just worked uh, two shifts Saturday, Sunday, out there on the grind, 7 a.m. to about 4 p.m. Uh, then I came home and had some dinner and then went to bed, (laughs) caught some Bruins games though. I did catch some Bruins games this week. Uh, that's a good transition. Let's just transition right into the Philly game. So the, the Philly game was, and this was the first regular season game. I mean, for our first game, welcoming us back to, you know, hockey this season, it was really boring. I'm not even going to lie. Like the first game against Philly was a snooze fest. There were God. Philly had five power plays. We had six power plays. There was no flow to the game. By the way, we were over six on the power play. I don't like that, Oof. but I will say though, it, it was a two to one game. Bruins lost, whatever preseason game. Who cares? But the thing that we focus on more outside of results is how individual players looked on the ice. Jake DeBrusk. In that game against Philly, didn't really stand out to me that much. I, I don't know. He looked kind of lazy out there. But I again, saw Twitter saying he sucked. Yeah, he didn't look good at all. It's just it didn't look like his legs were ready. It didn't look like he was motivated for that game at all. If if was, if was I, he
1: wearing the A for that game? Was that the game everybody was talking? about? I didn't see the game. I against believe the so. Because I yeah. saw Twitter was in a huge uproar that. Jake DeBros had an A on his shirt in the first preseason game of the year when there's maybe four active roster players playing. Yeah, it's not
0: a, it's not a big deal at all. But he didn't really stand out that much. He didn't do too much that made me go, wow, Like he looks, he looks ready to go. But then again, I'm not going to overreact because, one, he's played one game, one preseason game so far. So I'm not going to overreact at all. I'm just saying he looked a little bit sluggish, but I'm not going to look that deep into it. Um... Thomas Noshek looked terrible. He didn't do a single thing out there. Um, <laughs> dude, I'm ripping on these guys right now, but it's fine. It's preseason; doesn't matter. I'm pretty sure he blocked a shot. He he might have had a block shot. That's he did pretty something. Good. <laughs> he did something. He contributed. But Fabian Lysel on the power play and Johnny Beecher on the power play looked pretty good. I noticed that the guys were moving the puck to Fabian Lysel to kind of quarterback isn't the right word, but they were looking at him as the go-to guy for. Um, their power play, and he he looked pretty good with the puck. They would move it down to him. He's kind of slotted in the OV spot, but you know, he was he was the point of focus on the power play. They were getting the puck to him, and really, I think they were looking at to see what he could do on the power play with an extra guy on the ice with a little more time with the puck. See what he can do. Why not? He looked pretty good. He's a little water bug out there. He's moving around, he's quick, he's shifty. I like it. Uh Johnny Beecher, after having two strong. Uh, prospect challenge games he didn't look too good um same thing with same thing with Beecher uh he just looked a little sluggish out there a little bit slow but I'm gonna chalk that up to first game jitters because he's you know he's, he's basically brand new I mean not really but still in the stages where these preseason games might get into his head a little bit he's squeezing the stick a little bit too hard uh overthinking um stuff like that easily easy correctable things once he gets a couple games in and he gets more comfortable so we'll see with that but um outside of that philly game the uh the bruins played the rangers last night at td garden the first game back at home and this game was the complete opposite of that philly game that philly game was so boring this rangers game had pace it had momentum shifts great goals physicality it was a great hockey game and nick i know you watched that one um did outside of outside of the obvious who will who will talk about in a in a whole thing outside of the obvious player did anyone else kind of stand out to you at all or not even that not even that just just what did you think about the game and and things that you can point out I was looking
1: for two things last night. The first of which I wanted to look for Jack Stanika, who I've called on this podcast before as uh, Mr. Stickman, because he was the one who I said if I was stuck on a deserted island, I would want him on there so I wouldn't have to worry about food. It's a horrible thing to say. <laughs> but I thought he played well last night. He did. I know that there's been some rumblings about whether or not um, he'll even be part of this organization anymore. I've seen some reports he could be cut. Um, so I thought it was a big moment for him stepping, up, stepping in and, and playing well last night even though it was a preseason game, and I thought that he was all over the ice. Uh, he had a goal and assist. He was doing well in the face-off thought, um, and he was making things happen. It, it, it's, it's frustrating for a player like him, too, because he has all the tools. I mean, he's a big guy. He's a good skater. He's got some size to him. He's a center, which is what the Bruins need. But he just hasn't been able to figure it out as of yet, and he's still young, so you hope that you know he'll he'll have time to grow. And I thought that he did a really good job of showing that last night. Uh, there was that one play in overtime. Um, I, I don't. I think it was right off the opening faceoff when the, the the Bruins got the puck and he went right down the left wing. He went right past the defenseman to the net, and unfortunately, uh, the goalie made a good save. But um, I thought his play was really encouraging last night. And I was also looking for to see what Swayman would do. I know it's just a preseason game, but um, you know, goalies are so in their own head that you, it doesn't matter what level of hockey they're playing. They're always going to give it their all. And I wanted to see what he would do last night. And I thought he had some moments, but I thought that he was uncharacteristically out of position a lot as well. Um, he definitely made some good saves, but I know um, the first goal was not his fault by any means, you know, like when Adam Fox comes down the slot and rips a shot good luck saving that. And when he, he yeah. walked, Right in the slot, that thing was an absolute missile. Um, I mean,
0: when Adam Fox comes down the zone like that, and he's got a clear path to the net, no one in front of him, he's scoring probably seven times out of ten. Maybe
1: yeah, six. you could put a, a, and that shot was an absolute p. I mean, you could watch oh. Oh. watch it, you could play that in slow motion, and that shot would still travel faster than any shot I've ever taken <laughs> in, my, in my life. That thing was an absolute rocket but um you know I, I don't blame him for that one but there was a lot of plays where he was out of position which is uncharacteristic for him i know there was a couple opportunities where where the rangers hit the post and i know you know you hit the post you're a quarter of an inch from going in but like they had more more room than that cuz he was out of position the rangers had that that they had that quick breakaway um and and they and you could see when they when they showed the replay from behind swayman and you could kind of see what he was seeing and swayman was cheating right the whole time and as soon as the as i don't remember who on the ranger shot it but as soon as he shot the puck um swayman kind of reacted to the right and the puck went right to his left and right off the iron and it's like well that's not good <laughs> you know you're, yeah. you're cheating the wrong way um so that happened there was a couple instances of him flopping around and he was way out of position there was a one point you could you could pause the TV and he was literally facing the hot dog vendor in the stands and the Rangers had the puck behind him. And you're like, oh, buddy, you're either going to get hit right in your ass cheek. So you got to spin around and make a save right now, pal. But that happened a couple times where I thought that he was kind of pushing himself out of position. And, and like you said before, um, you know, it's, it's preseason preseason jitters happen. Um, maybe he was too excited. He's too devoted to making a big play, but, um, I am not worried about him at all. It was just one of the things that I that I picked out last night. So, what did you see last night in the game? I know you got a lot to talk about.
0: So, one Jackson Nika actually, for once, looks pretty good. He looks like he has good chemistry with um, Mark McLaughlin and AJ Greer, and I think that's because he's got McLaughlin on his line, and and McLaughlin is quicker than some people think, and he has better offensive instincts as well. So you got. So Sonika has McLaughlin to kind of feed off of and make plays with. And then you have this guy, AJ Greer, the, he became the man of Boston for a night last night and we'll see if he can continue <laughs> it. And I really hope he does because the way that he plays is almost exactly what people have been saying that this team is missing. They're missing a, a guy who's willing to play the body every shift of the game, play physical and, Get in people's faces, and also have a little bit of offensive flair to his game, and he does. And a Stanika Greer and McLaughlin line seems to be a line right now that really is clicking. And granted, they played one game. I understand it's one game, but but um, one Stanika had two assists last night, so that's two points right off the bat for him. Uh, McLaughlin had an apple, and. AJ Greer had two goals, and including the overtime winning goal. And by the way, that goal was dirty. That oh, yeah, goal was so gross. That was they had he they had a had couple won- chances too. Yeah, he he was all over the ice all game long. Like all game long. He was just flying around, touching the puck whenever he could. And when he and when he didn't have the puck, he was aggressive. He was on the guy with the puck, and he was throwing his hip, he was throwing his shoulder. It's everything you wanted to see. Wait, You're no, right?
1: I I, need a, I wanted to ask you about A.J. Greer. Because before, call me whatever you want. Before last night, I'd never heard this man's name in my life.
0: Me? No, I'm not lying. Me, <laughs> Who really is he, and, and where did he come from? Yeah. Like, he, he played, he was with New Jersey last year. If I'm not mistaken, he's 25 years old, so he's not, like, an older dude. Like, he's young. And... <clears throat> New Jersey didn't use him in his lineup in their lineup last year. Um he got sent down to the AHL. He had 52 points in 53 games playing the same style that we saw last night. Um and I actually I did want to I d- I did want to bring this up. So he had a quote after the game. It like AJ Greer had a quote after the game, right? And he said this was his quote. And this is like he knows what he's doing. 100% knows what he's doing. He's just he's just throwing himself to the Bruins fan base. And it's smart. It's a smart move by Mr. Uh, AJ Greer. He was, he was caught up after the game last night in the media room. And he said, scoring an overtime goal in Boston. What more can you want? I like scoring goals. I like having fun. I'm not going to apologize. I grew up in Montreal. There's a lot of Bruins fans in Montreal. I watched Milan Lucic and that's who I want to be. This dude knows exactly really? what he's doing. This, he knows exactly <laughs>
1: what he's doing. He's got some big shoes to fill if he wants to be Lucic, literally. But he's got <laughs> some size to him. He's 6'3". He was all over the ice, like you said last night, in multiple ways. Obviously, he had the two goals. He was going hard to the puck. He was bopping guys around in the corner. He had that one play um, where oh, he he was he had a great chance in front of the net um almost scored and then went to the corner and just like absolutely steamrolled some guy and he yeah. was like holy crap like if you want to make you know this Bruins organization and this fan base fall in love with you that's how you do it and to, yeah. and to make and I said before you know Michelle who's got to be a little nervous because there's a new mayor in Boston like the garden was <laughs> jumping last night for this guy this is a guy who I he's played 47 career games for like three different teams he needs eight points And he had a quarter of that last night in one game. And I know it's the preseason. I'm not getting ahead of myself. But there's stuff about this season to be excited for. There's plenty of storylines we've been talking about. And what's one more? Maybe A.J. Greer will get a shot on the fourth line. Maybe he'll get a shot on the third line. We don't know. Injuries happen. Things happen. I don't want anybody to get hurt. But it's a long season. And if he plays like he did last night, he could play himself onto this roster. But it all starts in the
0: preseason. Yeah. And the way that he's going right now... He's, and I already said it, but I'll say it again. It's, it's what people have been saying that this team is missing and that's physicality myself included. I, I, and I'm not, I'm not taking that take, take back away in, in any means. Um, we, that's what we need. We, we already have two lines that can score. Okay. We got two lines that can store score pretty consistently. A third line. That's pretty good. You like, you can't have four lines of just like speedy skill guys. I understand that that's the way that the game is trending, But guess what? Physicality is still a part of the game. And if your team happens to run into a team that has, say, a Ryan Reeves or a Tom Wilson, and you don't really have anybody to even counter that, you're just going to get run over all game. You need at least one or two guys who's willing to throw the body. Otherwise, you're just going to get steamrolled all game.
1: Yeah, and it's funny, too, because that's the Bruins have never had a problem finding guys like that. It was always, we need to get faster. We need to get more skilled. We got too uh, fast. Yeah, you know, in those like like mid to late twenty teens, it was we're too slow. We can't keep up with anybody anymore. And now it's we got to get bigger. We got to find some guys to do the dirty work. And you're absolutely right. With that being said, though, you know, with you want to talk about the group of forwards that the Bruins have, the group of defensemen, and their two goalies. What, in your opinion, what would you think is probably the the greatest spot of need for them?
0: um i would say your bottom six forwards because defense right now we're we're pretty strong when we're all healthy when everybody's healthy we have a strong defense you got charlie mcavoy you've got jacob zaborl you've got Hampus lindholm you've got brandon carlo you've got matt grislich and you and then you can you have a pick of the litter on who you want as your sixth seventh guy you got Derek forbert potentially anton stralman who we'll talk about a little bit um connor clifton you you Mm -hmm. got guys that can be rotational guys
1: there are plenty of options and i think you're right i think they're hurt right now but i think that their defensive core is actually a relatively strong part of this team they might not they might not have um you know the the amount of top level top four defensemen if you will i mean they have three they have two one elite defenseman Lindholm is a damn good defenseman carlo needs to get more consistent but when he's yes. on he's a top two pairing and then you just kind of have depth guys um but they're, they're bottom six forwards i agree with you it, it's there's definitely a bit of hit or miss there um i think they're going to need a lot of people to step up and i don't know what you think but there could be a solution on the free agent market i saw that the canadians they just released uh the rights to Galchenyak I don't know eh. if, if how you feel about bringing him in. I don't, I don't really think he's a player to fit this Bruins team, but that's another name. The guy had 30 goals like four or five years ago. I know he's been kind of shit the, the last couple of years, <laughs> but if you could sign a guy like that, the cheap money and unlock him, I mean, you could have something there, but at the same time though, I I, I do want to see what they have right now. I yeah. like that third line. I want to see what Zaka can do. We've said it enough times in the show. Um, Greer only played one game, but who knows if you can put him on the fourth line? He could just end up being an energy guy,
0: and that's that could be you all you need, be, dude. That's
1: I mean, what the Bruins historically, their fourth line when they've been good has just done nothing but go out there and um, just win puck battles and punch the occasional guy in the face, yeah. and 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 just get the crowd into it. And like, uh, I'm in Central Massachusetts, and I could hear the garden last night when Greer <laughs> was on what, the ice, dude. That's what and, I'm saying. Yeah. And like a a player like that has a role on a team, even if, you know, he's not, you can't be shit, obviously, but he's good enough to be an NHL player. And if he can go out there and make the fans stand on their feet every night, like he did last night on their fourth line, doing whatever it is that he does, he can have a spot on this team. And I think that that alone should be making Montgomery scratch his head and think, Hmm, we might have
0: something here. Yeah, well, even Montgomery said last night. He said, "If if the season started tomorrow, AJ Greer is in the lineup." That's what. That, that's straight out of Jim Montgomery's mouth.
1: Yeah, and that's what I. Lo- that's what I love to hear because yes, I, you know you I, say, I. don't. I don't. I don't want a coach. I don't want a coach who's gonna. And I'm not saying this is Cassidy. I'm not saying this has been the Bruins in the past. I don't want a coach who has a broken system who just keeps putting them out there every single night if it's not gonna work and given we don't, you know, the regular season hasn't started yet, we don't know what's going to work, but that makes me excited that Montgomery can look at a player like A.J. Greer, who's been written off by a handful of teams now, who was a former second-round pick, who's getting, he's 25, like you said, he's young, but this could be his last real shot in the NHL with the Bruins. He can go out and have a game like that last night, and Montgomery can look past um this how hard it's been for this kid to stick in league and say you know if he plays like that every night he's gonna have a spot on this team and that makes me so excited because i know the bruins have literally the worst um youth depth in the entire league right their prospect pool is dead last but you could have a couple guys like greer who come out of absolutely nowhere and just start popping off and if they do that i'm not saying it'll happen but if they do I want them to have the opportunity to prove it to keep to keep growing and I think that's been their problem in the and in, in the past is they've been so stuck in their ways right it's it's I remember um when when Pasta was on their top line and they had the best line in hockey and their second line was was mediocre really they had good players but they weren't performing and everybody everybody was saying please drop Pasta to the second line shake something up let's spread this depth out and Cassidy wouldn't and it was it. driving me insane. Like you, you have to be able to adapt.
0: Do you remember? You you might not remember this, but last season, um, a fan behind the Bruins bench, when you in the moments we, you're talking about where we were struggling to get secondary scoring, like bad. A fan held up their phone behind Cassidy, and it was like one of those like Snapchat things where you can like draw on the on the. Oh street. yeah. And it was just a line combination. It was like. Paul Bergeron to brusque and then <laughs> coil Posternock and, and, and whoever might've been Smith. And then like the, in the two games later that those are the lines, you know, it, it was like, and that's embarrassing as a it's coach. It's so embarrassing. And that's embarrassing because it makes you wonder, like I know it's like, a joke,
1: but it makes you wonder, did he go home and watch Bruins in two yeah. and see this <laughs> fan behind him and think, oh my God, I got to change the lines? <laughs> he's honestly it's infuriating. And it's such a small thing. You know, Is Montgomery saying, if Greer plays like that, he's he's, he's going to be on our opening night roster. But it's such a huge thing for the philosophy of this organization because for the last handful of years, we haven't seen that they've been burying whatever young players that they have and you know hopefully this is a sign of things to come i also wanted to ask though what did you think about Zaborl in that game against the flyers oh, i heard i know oh there were a God. lot of people talking
0: about him wait how did i not even mention that dude he played so good he, he did it's <laughs> unbelievable like this dude was just playing with so much confidence it's like he he was like you know what like this is my spot no one here is taking my spot. I'm playing this season. And he played with that manic Like he would skate the puck up, uh, get pucks on net. He was playing great defense. Uh, he was quick out there. And this is a guy coming off of an ACL injury. Yeah. The the fact that he's moving this well and he's playing with this much confidence is awesome. And what I could see the Bruins doing is splitting up McAvoy and Lindholm, right? You go McAvoy, Zaboral on the first line, and then you go Lindholm and Carlo, and then you go Grizzlick and, like we said earlier, one of the rotational guys, Clifton, Forbert, Strawman. if he signs, one of those guys. You just throw him in there. And Zab- I'm telling you, Zaboral's ready. He's going to have a big year. I really hope he does, and I don't want that to be understated either.
1: Uh, an ACL injury for a defenseman can I know modern medicine but like that that can be a a devastating injury I know you know I I know I mean we talk about you know ACL injuries in football happen all the time they come back healthy but a defenseman all you're doing is using your knees you're pivoting you are making quick turns you're skating backwards and especially in the modern NHL game I mean if you if you put your eyes on a defenseman it's like they're doing a, a ballet dance out there the whole time they're throwing their hips around turn and turn and and to watch him skate like that and to play like that after coming off, as we just said, an ACL injury, an ACL tear is encouraging. And he's going to have his opportunity because this Bruins are really shorthanded defensively to start the season. I know they have some big injuries and he's going to have his chance. And I, if he plays like he did against the Flyers, that is incredibly um I'm incredibly optimistic for what he can do this year because as a guy, I mean, when, you know, when you want to talk about that legendary 2015 draft, unfortunately, he's one of the guys that makes it so shitty and it, it, it usually defensemen, I will say this defensemen always take longer to come around. They just do. It's just part of the position. I mean, you want to talk about Dougie Hamilton. He was in Boston for like three, four years and it took him until he was in his mid to late twenties to become the defenseman he is today. Victor Hedman, Wasn't a Norris caliber winning defenseman. The guy was like the second overall pick. He wasn't a Norris winning defenseman until he was like age 28. And I'm not saying Zaboro is going to be Victor Hedman or Dougie Hamilton for that matter, but that's just how it goes. I mean, defensemen like um, Charlie McAvoy, you know, who was able to to fit in there when he's 21 or whatever it was when when he came up, don't come around very often. So, you know, I'm hoping that Zaboro is just one in a long line of defensemen who just need a little maturing. They need to kind of get used to the the play speed. And um, I think that his game against the Flyers the other night was definitely the first step in that.
0: Yeah, I mean, when you talk about the 2015 draft, look, the center shouldn't pick is what it is, okay? (laughs) (laughs) The center shouldn't pick is what it is. You're not going to be able to ever... Ever they recuperate for that?
1: They should hang his number in, in the rafters just for that. Honestly, <laughs> I mean, come I'm on.
0: Gonna, I'm gonna make a little. I'm gonna make like a little cardboard cutout of Senishin's jersey to hang it up over <laughs> my door. <laughs> we should change the name of this pod. Senishin's <laughs> Bruin or some shit. Senishin's Bruin. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. What, what number? What number did he wear in Boston? Oh my God, he was so on unf- He was so Freaking forgettable. I don't even know. Uh, whatever. Might've... Whatever. Podcast
1: episode. Whenever it comes up and we're on his number, we got to temporarily change the name to <laughs> Seneschins Bruin. <laughs> Seneschins
0: Bruin. I'm. I honestly, ironically, I don't know why, but my 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 brain makes me think that he wore the number 15. <laughs> really? I thought he
1: was in the 70s. Hang on, I'm gonna look that up. Yeah, look that how up. How do you spell
0: S e n y s h y n. But
1: how do you know that off the top of your head?
0: I don't know, man. My brain's weird.
1: Look out for him in Ottawa this year.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. He's he's helping them get over the that
1: hump. would that would be the Bruins too. To to <laughs> let somebody like Senaton go. And he well, becomes so like I, a thir- a 35 goal yep. scorer in Ottawa comes, or something. He has like 75 oh my, he wore, points. He wore number 19.
0: 19. Oh, okay. So John Beecher's. Oh up. oh and he wore 71. Mm. Okay. So we were both kind of right. Well, uh, no, I wasn't right at all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> would you say 15? I said 15.
1: <laughs> Can't believe we just handed out Sagan's
0: number like that. That's crazy. Yeah, what the hell, dude? How's that not in the rafters? <laughs> um, but but yeah, talking about the 2015 draft, you know, I mean, the senator pick is what it is, you're not going to be able to come back from that. That is yeah. what it is uh, like, that's long gone past yeah. memory, <laughs> pretending it didn't happen. But <laughs> look, but but look, you got Jake DeBrusque, who, but. Who by all means could have a breakout season this year. And granted, he has not played terrible. He only gets so much heat because of how high he was drafted. And yeah, he probably could be producing a little bit more than he is. But regardless, you have a top six forward right there. It's just about him breaking out. Then, with Jacob Ziboril, you like you said, defensemen take a little bit longer to mature. So naturally, people kind of hounded on that pick because people are impatient. They don't understand that you know players coming out of a draft. Need some time to develop, they're not ready mm-hmm. to go right off the bat. But look at him now, he looks great, he looked good last season until he got that injury. But, mm-hmm. but you have a top six forward in Jake Debrusque, and you have a potential top four defenseman in Jacob Zaborro. So, maybe if Zaborro can play a full, healthy, you know, season at least like 70 games, obviously minor injuries are going to happen. You're going to need a day off every now and then, you know, we're all human, but you have a potential. Top four defenseman right there, and you have a top six forward. So maybe if these two have a good year this year, we can finally stop talking about 2015 as much as we do.
1: I promise you, nobody wants the world to have a better season than Don Sweeney. Oh my he, god. People will finally stop talking about that draft if he can at least say that he hit on two of the three. And again, Dude. say whatever you want about the brush, but the guys a mid-20 goal score. But I did, I did wanna I did want to talk about something. I don't know if you saw my tweet the other day, but uh, Mark had an opinion on it, as did um, like thirty oh. other people. <laughs> oh, Connor and, Bedard! <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to address it. I it was it was just just the silkiest goal by <laughs> by Canadian Connor Bedard, who is obviously bringing comparisons his way to that of Connor McDavid. Not saying he'll be Connor McDavid, but if there's anybody who looks like he could be Connor McDavid. This might be your guy. I put out a tweet and I said, um, first of all, I had to pick myself up off the floor because the the play was just disgusting. I was covered in my own vomit. It was gross. He stick handled through like four guys and did what Connor McDavid does on a nightly basis. But this kid is like 17. And I tweeted and I said, um, you know, uh, maybe the Bruins should think about tanking this year to get a guy like that on their team. And I was joking. I want to put that out there. I was not being serious because there's well, you too said,
0: much. Re- you said, you said closes phone fo- or, or yeah, 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 no. and I, phone away.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cause it, it is, it's, I mean, it's a hot take, but um, there was one yeah. person, <laughs> there was one, There was one person who tweeted back. And he's like, no, like, this was actually a really good idea. I
0: was like, oh, You're like no. okay. All right. How about this is not but,
1: real, <laughs> but I, I, I will, I'll entertain it for for a second. The Bruins are too good to tank. They're they're too good to get the number one overall pick. Like there are some just just ob- obscene teams out there. There are teams that could that could be playing against my high school, and uh, it would be a two two game going into overtime. Like there yeah, are some Chicago that, and, and yeah, Arizona. <laughs> There's some, and there are teams that are very obviously tanking for Bedard, and I don't blame them. And they're going to do a lot better job than the Bruins will because they are an AHL team playing in the pros because they suck. And, um, (laughs) it would take, it would take a lot for the Bruins to do that, but you know, in the same breath, I mean, they're, they have some, as we've mentioned before, some big names that are hurt to start this year. And they're one more big injury away from being in a whole lot of trouble, right? Like, let's say like Bergeron, I don't want to wish injury on anybody again, but let's say like Bergeron goes down early in the year and suddenly the Bruins are like, I don't know, five and 12. And because their division's loaded and their conference is loaded, do you start looking at that and be like, hmm, you know, we have this shiny new blue chip prospect coming up number one overall this year at a position that we desperately need moving forward. Do you think they ever entertain that? Or do you think they have to just keep putting their foot on no. the gas and finishing the year out?
0: Foot on the gas. A hundred percent. If, if anything like that happened, they would try to find some solution either on the inside or or through a trade. Maybe. I mean, talking about teams like, well, no, cause he makes way too much money, but, you know, you could, if, 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 if that ever happened, they would definitely look for a trade or, or in that, like, like, in, in case of emergency, you know, you bring up Lysol or you bring up, you know, AJ Greer. <laughs> no, he's, he's, I need, he's him already the there, baby. I, <laughs> yeah, I need him in the lineup game one. But, um, like you said too, with like, you know, Don Sweeney's really hoping that, you know, Don Ziboro. Sweeney is Jacob zaborro's yeah. biggest fan right now. <laughs> and you know how people have like the St. Patrice and like, you know, those, yeah, those yeah. candles. Don Sweeney for sure has a St. Sabouro candle up, yeah, up no. on the front office suite.
1: When, yeah, when Zabora went down with a torn ACL, Sweeney was there driving the ambulance. He wanted to make sure this guy was good to go and ready to get back on the ice as soon as possible. But, you know, the Bruins, they're not, they would never tank. I mean, that's, they could have on paper the absolute worst team in the league and they would still go balls to the wall because it's not, that's yeah. just not who they are. And right. tanking is something that you very, very rarely see in hockey. And I was kidding before. I don't think any team is truly tanking this year for Connor Medard, even though they should be. Um, yeah. But it was just it was just something to think about. I mean, players like Bedard do not come around very often, and if no. it, the thought of of having Bedard in the black and gold for the next decade and a half is, oof. I mean, yeah, that's. I
0: mean, hey, it would be cool, but
1: you know, that's just not happening. Unfortunately, unfortunately, though, he's not a Boston kid. He didn't grow up in Massachusetts,
0: so Sweeney probably wouldn't want him. Sweetie would probably take some guy from like the Chicago Steel with the number. One yeah. overall
1: oh, oh, what's that? You're, you're, uh, you're playing in. <laughs> you're playing. You're, play... no, you're playing for the Vancouver Giants or something. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you went to uh, Dansbury High School. Yeah. Oh my God, we got holy bring shit!
0: In... Holy oh, shit! Like... Hey, turn Neely, the lights
1: on the like Warrior Ice Arena. We got to yeah. get this kid down here for a tryout.
0: Hey, Neely. Neely, this kid's from North Bill Ricca. We got to take him number one. Turn on just one light at Warrior and send him out there all alone. He'll know what it's all about.
1: Bill Ricca. Oh, hey, he's got a super Irish last name. We got to
0: sign yeah. him. We yeah, got to bring rich guy. Yeah, he's, he's Michael Flanagan. I'm telling you, we got to pick <laughs> this guy. <laughs> <laughs> we got to pick him. Oh but, okay, God. let me ask you this. Game one, opening night, Nick Felino or A.J. Greer? Oh, my God. Is that? Come
1: on. Come on. I, Nick Felino uh, or A.J. Greer? If A.J. Greer is not in that lineup <laughs> and Nick Foligno is... I'm going to go to the garden myself and talk to Don Sweeney, <laughs> because I saw the quote about Nick Foligno when they asked him about, you know, like, are you going to score more goals? And he's like, I mean, I'm going to try or some, I don't know. He had some half-assed quote about like being a goal scorer. It's like, no, you're not. That's you're not, not you. Man. You're uh, like, uh, you know, Nick Fellino's a great guy. I liked him before he came to the Bruins and started just sucking ass. But <laughs> I mean, if you have a guy like uh, like AJ Greer, who and it doesn't have to be AJ Greer specifically, but if you have a guy like that who's young, either in his early to mid twenties, and he just had more production last night in a preseason game than Felino had all of last year, I mean it. it, it Uh, it's for a number of reasons, Greer should be in the lineup in that case. And Greer is going to play like he did last night, every night by any means. Right. But I mean, if, if, if he can have an effect like that, not just on the game, but on the crowd, I mean, that's something that I don't think I've ever seen Nick Flutter do in his entire life. And at least you can say that if, um, if Felino doesn't score, you say, shit, we're, we got to pay this guy $3 million a year. But if Greer doesn't score, you can say, well, I mean, we're selling tickets and these people are going insane in the stands when they're calling his name in the line. Like, there's there's stuff like that that's important. And from a fan perspective, I want to see more of what I saw last night. So I want AJ Greer in that lineup and you can send Felino to Providence for all I care.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll buy his ticket. But, <laughs> um, I mean, dude, it was a preseason hockey game and A.J. Greer had the place rocking. Like He literally had the place rocking. It's
1: preseason. Yeah, they were going crazy. They love themselves some Greer and I don't blame him. He was playing insane last night. Like I said, the guy has played almost 50 career games and uh, he has like seven times the penalty minutes as he does total points. I mean, you know, what you saw last night, you will probably not see again out of A.J. Green. A.J. Green, oh my gosh. A.J. Greer. A.J. Green. <laughs> and I hope that I'm wrong, but you know you have to think that the level of competition he was playing against was part of it. But you said it 10 times this episode. If he can have an effect like that on the Bruins, I mean, and not just getting the fans pumped up. I mean, if you're on the bench and you're watching this guy go balls to the wall, I mean, this is what they need on their fourth line. This is what they've yes. needed on their fourth line. And I think
0: that he's a perfect player for it. Dude, perfect. And And you're telling me, as a player, me and you both played the game as a player, you're on the bench and you see this guy out there and he's just hitting everything in sight, still making plays on the puck. Granted, I'm making him sound like he's like a 90 point scorer. He's not <laughs> at all, but, but you know what I mean? He's, he's generating chances. At least he's keeping the puck in the zone. And when he's not in the offensive zone, he's hitting bodies, even in the offensive zone, he's hitting bodies. And as a player on the bench, you know, that's just going to get you pumped up. And then, and then you get that extra juice from the crowd because the crowd's pumped up and then the crowd's going nuts and then all of a sudden you're, you know, you're, your legs are jumping. You're ready to get yeah. on the ice. You're, you yeah. want to go.
1: And, you know, I think about it too. And the effect through the Bruins organization, I mean, this is a system that that is not deep, that has a lot of guys who have a similar backstory to AJ Greer, whether they're overlooked, uh, overplayed, or they were just undervalued. And if you can see a guy like A.J. Greer get a shot in a preseason game and play like that for one game and have the coach say that, you know, he's going to have a spot in this open night roster if he plays like that again. I mean, that would get me jumping. I mean, I don't care if I'm a fourth liner in Providence. All I need is one shot to play well and this coach and this organization can believe in me to put me out there. That, to me, would make me excited. I mean, I, I think of all of the young guys they have in Providence who saw that performance last night and then heard, you know, what the team and the organization and the fans and the coach had to say about him after that. And I'm thinking, damn, I, I want to get my shot. Maybe I'll step it up in Providence. Cause there's a real road for me to get, to get to the big show, you know? And I think that, I think that Greer had, had an impact last night on, on a lot of young guys careers in Boston. And I hope, I hope he did because they're going to need some of these guys to step up.
0: Yeah. He, he just looks like a guy who's ready to play. He just looks like a guy who wants to be here and will bring all kinds of energy to the to the ice every game. And that's what this team needs. They need that little boost. But um I want to do this thing with you really quick. Oh, so, boy. Ready? It's yeah. like rapid rapid fire. Rapid fire. Okay. It's only it's only three. It's it's uh it's three over unders, okay? Okay. Posture over under 45 goals. Over. Bruins over under 95 and a half points under Ooh. JD over <laughs> under 50 points Oh
1: shit.
0: I'm taking the over on that over, one I'm, right, I'm confident
1: I'm, I'm confidently taking the over on that one yeah. I think Poss is going to get more than 45 goals because I think he's just going to have more opportunities I don't know I'm just feeling it I mean the guy had 45 goals before when he was sharing a sharing a wing with Brad Marchand and now he's going to be the predominant scorer on that second line I think he's going to get fed pucks and I think that he's going to be taking 60% of the shot to that second line. And I think it's going to equate to more goals. I'm hopeful. Um, yeah. The second one that you said, over-under uh, wins for the Bruins. or Sorry, over-under points. 95 wins would be insane for a season. Even they only <laughs> that would a be a games. record. <laughs> <laughs> uh, over-under, 95 points. I know that they played well last year, but uh, the division is just too good this year. So and stacked. just 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 because they get under 95 points doesn't mean that they're any worse than they were last year, that they're a bad team. I mean, I think it's just because the competition they have to play. I mean, there are some really, really good teams in the Atlantic division, and just because they have under 95 points doesn't necessarily mean that they're, they're buried under some team. I mean, what were we? Ha- how many hundred-point teams did we have last year? Like freaking 12? I mean, it was ridiculous. I don't think we're going to see that again, especially not in the Atlantic division because of the level of talent. Because of that, I'm taking under 95 points. And the last one, Jake DeBrusque. Over 50 points. I'm taking the over. I think he's going to have a healthy amount of goals this year. I'm really hoping for. But I think you might see his assist numbers tick up this year because he's got a damn good center in Bergeron. And when Brad Marchand comes back, that guy produces at an unreal rate. And not all of his goals are unassisted. And he's gotten quite a few assists these last few years as well. I think I saw something it was like uh, like point leaders over like the last five or six seasons and Marshan was like top three or something just ridiculous like that. But um, if you plan a line like that, I mean, if you plan a line with a guy like that, you're going to produce. And I think that this is, this is Jake DeBrusque's season. As you just said before, this has to be the year. And I think I said it a few episodes ago, but I think a lot of people are focusing on like, this is the year that he's going to be his breakout. And I feel like not enough people are saying that, you also have to recognize that this could be his last chance. So if we're at like the halfway point of the season and he is not playing well, he's underperforming, I mean, he'll probably be swapped out for Zaka. And I think that that's something that you could consider. And I hope that doesn't happen. And I hope he gets more than 50 points because the Bruins are going to need some of his production on on that right wing wherever he's playing because
0: Pass is now on the second. So, so the thing with 95.5 points... I mean, the Bruins had 107 points last year, right? So that would be about a not about it's exact math. It would be 12 points under what. There they you had go, last year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the math guy, big. Math Whoa! Guy. But so it would be 12 points below what they had. I mean, that's a that's a pretty steep drop off. Um, that's six losses. Yeah. Yeah, I would almost go over for sure, but um. I like all those over unders. I think those are all pretty accurate. The the confidence in JD is good. And I think,
1: too, like you, I think it's important when you look at the over under as well is that um, they're not going to, they probably won't be on a hundred point pace to start the year with their injuries. And that's something that they really have to get through to weather the storm. It's going to be really important to get through the first uh, third of the season with obviously the Martian injury, the McAvoy injury, and everybody else. So if they start, the year slow, I mean, obviously they're probably going to end up with less than 95 points where they could really look at a a bad position trying to make the playoffs towards the end of the year. So we've talked about it enough. The beginning of the season is going to be huge for the Bruins and um, I will definitely be strapped in ready to watch.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the, the, the first month or two is literally going to define the season. Like you Mm -hmm. need to have a strong start. If you don't have a strong start and say a team like Ottawa comes out of the gate, hot you're gonna have to play catch up and it's not gonna be easy it's playoffs are not a given I know as Bruins fans were lucky and we've seen I think six straight seasons of playoffs it's not a given you know um you need to play well throughout the entire season captain obvious here but you (laughs) but you need to and and this year more than ever because the first month or two you're gonna have to be above 500 at least. You have to be. If you come out of if you come out of the first two months with a record of, I don't know, they're probably missing around 25 games. You probably want to target at least 15 wins. Mm-hmm. You you probably want to be somewhere around 15, maybe 12 wins with a couple shootout overtime losses. I don't know. Just you you need to be there. And I think that's doable. I think they can do that. I mean, you are not,
1: at, I mean, they don't have to, you know, be freaking 20 and five. They don't have to be 17 and eight. There's some math for you right there. I don't even know if that adds up to 25, but it, it, all they have to do is be a 500 team or try to maintain that. Just don't, just don't bury yourself. That's, that's the most important thing to start this year off. Because like you said, with this division in this conference, you know, Ottawa's going to be all, all systems firing. Detroit, like you said, you think that they could possibly jump the Bruins this year. Tampa's going to be good. Florida's going to be good. And those are just teams in your division alone. I mean, these are teams that are that are going to be – and I didn't even mention Toronto. I mean, these are teams that are, that are going to be ready to go, the drop of the puck, and the Bruins are going to be behind the eight ball to start the season. So that's something that they definitely have to weather and I would definitely start to be worried about. But that's why preseason is so important. That's why these guys that are playing so well, I mean, I know it's it's a, a, you know, we're talking about A.J. Gurr and Zaboro playing well in their one preseason game. They're going to need guys like that to step up in the preseason because they will literally be saving the season because you can't start slow. And that's why these guys are so important to the success of this team.
0: You know, it's off topic, but I'm really excited to see what Brady Kachuk and Matthew Kachuk in the same division. Oh, I hope they fight! Oh my I, god, dude, you... <laughs> I, They definitely will.
1: They did definitely hear, will. Did you hear the shot that uh, Calgary's coach took at uh,
0: Kachuk? Yeah, dude, he he was like, I don't know, like I'm adding a player who's won a Stanley Cup. The other one's won nothing. Something yeah. Like that. Wait, Hubert won a Stanley Cup? No, he was talking about Toffoli. Oh shit!
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, he was like, uh, you know, like like we're adding a player who's uh been a big part of some deep playoff runs or something it's <laughs> like oh my like that. that's your captain you're talking about man. Well, yeah. former captain you're talking about man but i don't know that, i mean that, that makes you think you know and that's one of the things you hear stuff like that and and I, coaches you usually don't hear stuff like that i know we we, yeah. we did a whole episode breaking down what's going on with the brusque and cassidy but um you know whenever you see something like that you're like huh you know that opens your eyes a little bit maybe there was a little something more going on in the locker room you don't know about
0: yeah, and I know this is a Bruins podcast, but we like to talk about hockey all around anyways. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but the there was some website that came out with like the uh it was a ranking, 32 to 1 um of the most handsome NHL coaches. Oh yeah. <laughs> did, I did you see, Did you see the Bruce uh Boudreaux clip? Yeah, guessing, yeah oh, that was yeah. so funny. That was he's a so funny, funny
1: Well, They asked him, uh, he was like, Oh, who voted? They must have been blind or something. Yeah, <laughs> like
0: uh, a gaming website that came out with a poll this morning ranking the uh, most handsome co- uh, coaches in the national hockey league. Oh my god, I don't want to be in that poll. Hey, I got good news for you. You're 16th overall, and out of a ranking out of 10, you, you, you scored a, I think, 8.0. 0... <laughs> There must have been an awful lot of blind people doing that. Role. Care to bet who, who they rank as the most handsome and the most ugliest? Well, no, I'm not going to say. I know who it is, but I'm not saying. they ranked Jay Woodcroft as the most handsome and the ugliest was Peter Laviolette. Oh.
1: Not who I thought. But. <laughs> yeah. He's a funny guy. Oh, who, who did they say was first and last? I don't remember. I don't
0: remember either, but um, I know. Jim oh, then they said Peter Laviolette, like I
1: think was last or something like that. Oh, poor guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, buddy. It didn't. It didn't have to take a bunch of writers to put you last. Trust no. me.
0: Some of us are born <laughs> with it. Some of us are born without it. It's just maybe it's Maybelline. It's just, it's just <laughs> genetics. <laughs> Not your fault, Paul. Peter, whatever your name is. <laughs> Paul, Paul, Paul Labulette. <laughs> uh, but um. Oh, Mel! Guess what we got. Do we have a DM? A what? A DM. Can you spell that for me, please?
1: D E E space E M. D M. D M. D M. Um, a du- a direct message, a private message through Twitter. We did. Oh,
0: we did. We did. Me. Who was I mean, Oh, really? should I tell Pushed you? you? Should I, I think tell you you should? Nah, uh, maybe not. Okay. You don't want to hear it? I do, actually. Very badly.
1: You do? Like we're gonna uh, if we're <laughs> we're gonna have a problem if you don't tell me what this DM is in two seconds. Oh
0: man. Two seconds. I know, is you, total. Live. I know you live.
1: We got a DM! Alright! <laughs> <laughs> wait 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 remind us what's the uh, remind remind everybody of the dm competition that we're doing right now okay
0: so we're gonna have a competition it's gonna be dm of the month and right now the month is that of september September. it is it is the month of september and we have actually this might be our last podcast of september so oh it definitely will be but we're having a competition for dm of the month so September is probably already booked and you know what? We'll announce the winner right now. We'll announce the winner. Everybody clap, clap. The DM of the month comes from Epic Bruins Energy on Twitter. And she, her name is Lauren. She, uh, great follower of the pod. Uh carrying the, our, the our marketing of our mascot. podcast. She's the unofficial mascot of our podcast. She's carrying the marketing of the podcast on her back. We appreciate you, Lauren. Thank you very much. Woo. Um, shout out Arkansas. Um <laughs> great state. But her question of the month, uh DM of the month, she asked us which three Bruins players would we want to be stuck on a deserted island with. I forget exactly what episode that was. That was either six, seven, or eight. So if you want to hear that question, go back and listen to it. But it was, you know, which three Bruins players would we want to be stuck on a deserted island with? And those answers were awesome. So go back and listen to it. Tell us who you'd want to be stuck on an island with and why. But the DM that we got this week. And this is a great question. And it will, unfortunately, it didn't win DM of the month. But, hey, we appreciate all direct messages. (laughs) <laughs> so the question comes in from at Raven two six. He asks us, how many hot dogs do you think that Charlie McAvoy could eat in the Nathan's hot dog eating competition? <sighs> Let me remind you that the record is 76 hot dogs set by no other the- Joey chestnut. Joey Chestnut.
1: Also, I can't believe that you left out the part with Joey Chestnut last year when he again uh, defended his throne winning the Nathan's Hot Dog (laughs) Eating Contest. And I don't remember if he was either in a cast or a walking boot. But I do remember that a man ran on stage to try to uh, physically harm the Joey Chestnut. And Joey put the guy in a headlock and continued slugging hot dogs down. Did not stop. (laughs) Won the competition. The guy is an absolute... Machine, and I think that um, if he was in the Nathan's hot dog, eat- if Charlie McAvoy was in a Nathan's hot dog eating contest, I think Joey Chestnut would get a little worried. <laughs> I think he would, uh, I think he'd be pacing back and forth before the competition started. If Nick Richie was there, he'd be screwed. Oh. But if it's Charlie McAvoy there, oh man, can you
0: remind me what the record is again? 76. Oh man, Nick Richie would blow that record out of the water.
1: I think Mac <laughs> 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 and Nick Richie would be putting mustard on it, dipping it in a yeah. little relish. Be He'd be everything. taking his time.
0: Yeah, He'd
1: I go two that, at a time. I think that McAvoy. I think McAvoy could eclipse fifty. I really? think. I think. I think he could push about 52, 53. I think he could get him down, no problem. Although I think the only thing that would slow him down is I feel like he would when when it would when the judge would say, "Okay, go." I think McAvoy would like. Eat it like a normal hot dog. I think he would have the bun and I think you put a little ketchup on there and I think he'd get like two or three down and then somebody'd be like, dude, what are you doing? Like, look what Joey's doing. And then I think he would start dipping it in the water and doing it like how everybody else does it. (laughs) But I think he could get a good 52, 53 hot dogs down.
0: uh, I'm just imagining him like slugging hot dogs down, like (laughs) on Times Square. He really could do it. I think for me, I think I would go. A solid 42. I don't know why that number sticks out to me, but I think you could put down 42 hot dogs before calling it quits. I have I have put no... that in a
1: shirt and sell it. I think you yeah. could put down forty-two hot dogs before calling it quits. <laughs> we gotta make signs and go to the Bruins game this year.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna stand behind the benches, hold up a sign that says forty two dogs. Yeah. <laughs> only,
1: only the pod listeners will understand it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but um, I have no, I have no like analytical reasoning for this. I just the number forty two sticks out at me. I think at forty three he would pull trig. Forty and... three is too
1: much. That's man. Forty three is too many. I don't think. I don't think he would get that much. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually sorry. No, he definitely would. He'd get 52, 53. Yeah, I was going to say you said 52. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait a minute. I forgot we were talking about McAvoy. I thought we were talking about Stanika for a second. Stanika yeah. wouldn't get three down. He, St- would, he would take two bites and say, I don't like this and stop.
0: Who do you think will get the least?
1: Stanika. But other than Stanika, because he might not make the roster. Um, that's a good question. I bet Marshawn would kill it. I, I feel like he would too. Yeah. I feel like Nick Felino would do it just to be cool and fit in. But I, I feel like when no, when nobody's looking, he would spit it out. This is so such think a Nick Foligno that... hate podcast. No, no, no. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry, Nick Felino. I'm sure you're a good guy, but um, I just don't think you get a lot of hot dogs down. No, <laughs> I, don't,
0: I don't think so either. Sneaky, maybe. I bet Linus Allmark could put down some dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like
1: uh you know I feel like I feel like Lin, like Lindholm has the capability, but I feel like he's a sneaky vegan. Ooh. So I think <laughs> unless you they were the tofu dogs. Card. Yeah, I think unless they were tofu dogs, he's not putting a single one down out of yeah. respect.
0: I think I think that uh Carter Clifton would probably have the least Cause he'd, he'd want to, he'd want to put like a bib on, like, he'd probably cut it up with like a fork and knife. <laughs> <in it. laughs> he'd, he'd probably bring like a bowl of mac and cheese and put it in that and mix it all.
1: <laughs> oh my God. He has to stuff it out with some SpaghettiOs.
0: Yeah, he does. <laughs> the one with the Franks. His... Yeah. <laughs> you can't just eat a hot dog just straight up. He needs to have some like mac and cheese or SpaghettiOs <laughs> or something oh my... mixed in with there.
1: No, no. The only way Connor Clifton will eat a hot dog is if somebody cuts it up and does the airplane and puts it into his mouth for him. <laughs> Here comes a hot dog.
0: He's got he's got it on like a on the TV table in front of the TV in the living room. He's swinging his feet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I love Connor Clifton. He's a fellow yeah. Quinnipiac alum.
0: Yeah. I hope he oh does well God. this year. Hey, well. I mean, hey, that was our uh, two-game preseason podcast. Uh, You know, we and also double double, double
1: double-digit episodes. There it is,
0: double-digit episodes. One zero, the same as AJ Greer. The AJ Greer episode. The mayor of Boston, six one seven. The mayor. You guys voted for him. Congrats! (laughs) But hey, thank you all for tuning in. you know, the season's just getting started. This is going to be such a fun season. Uh, stay tuned all year long for our, you know, we can talk serious about Bruins, but then we also talk about who would eat the most hot dogs in a Nathan's hot dog eating contest. So, you know, this podcast, we're fun. We're fun. So stick, stick around, send us DMS, ask us questions, uh, keep it light, keep it Keep it analytical. Whatever you guys want, we'll talk about and uh we'll we'll continue to put this podcast out for you guys. So yeah, and also don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Bruin
1: Something or is it something Bruin? I always mess it's it up.
0: At Bruin Something. At
1: Bruin Something, no G. That's M-E-T-H-I-N. At Bruin something. I think we're only at about like 50 followers. Trying to bump those numbers up. Um Also, I don't know if you saw it. If you don't follow us on Twitter, you probably didn't, and that's your own damn fault. But we (laughs) were trying to see, you know, last episode we talked about a little merch. We were trying to see if we do put out some merch, what people are interested in. And I think the winning one was a a winter hat. Is that correct? I don't know if you have it in front of you. It was either a winter hat or a baseball hat. So that is something that will have to be discussed internally because I think that could be a good idea. We also have a fantasy hockey league. There's 10 of us in it eight other people, not including me and Sully. If you didn't make the league this year, uh, I'm sorry, but we will be doing it again next year. It can be an annual thing. I mean, the tweet was up for 48 hours. If you missed it, sorry about it, but that's why you got to follow our account because we do stuff like that all the time. So
0: that's yeah, all I wanted. Yeah, always putting up polls, always interacting with the people on the Twitter. Uh, also but, always
1: sharing the Twitch link because when we're yes. not playing
0: EASHL, you were playing Hut yes and nhl 23 is coming out soon so i'm follow me on the road to beating nasher hell there yeah we go. we'll get there together to beating nasher yep. <laughs> M- mf sully 12 is the new nhl king you heard first. <laughs> but um yeah thank you guys for listening so much uh you guys are the ones that make the show so much fun uh we love doing it for you guys we love interacting with you on twitter uh it's super fun, you know. Don't only send DMs to me. Send DMs to Nick. Send DMs to our our podcast Twitter at Bruin something. Um, because I'm not I'm not always gonna see it. it. You know, we need to we need to branch out. Let's go talk. Let's yeah. Go. Let's get this we're creating train rolling. A, a spider web here. Let's we're, go. Yeah, the season's starting. Let's get fired up. Yes, let's go. We got about I don't know by the time this podcast drops 10 days until the regular season, something like that. So we're ready to go. Ooh, I can't wait for the season to start. We've got AJ Greer in the building. We've got a whole bunch of storylines coming into the garden this year. Um, As always, we are in partnership with Black and Gold Productions, LLC. You can follow them on Twitter at BNG (laughs) Productions. And you can follow me on Twitter at underscore Mike Sullivan, You can follow Nick on Twitter, at Nick Melanson underscore. And this has been Something's Brewing, Episode 10. (laughs) Thank you guys for listening, and we will catch you guys next week. Bye. uh, Uh,
1: uh. and the brains what did he what did Jack Edwards say about the maple (laughs) leaves